Last week on It Is Written Canada. Can you take us back to the miraculous story of your escape as a family? We need to lay plans to escape, but it was easier said than done. Had we been caught there, I would not be sitting here and telling my story. When we get to heaven, we want to ask which one of the angels were sent. It'll be interesting. They wanted to, t to take you back, but you, you were stuck. We had no country. Welcome to It Is Written Canada. Thank you for joining us. Our special guest this week again is Jacob Hibbert, a successful businessman, pastor and administrator who lived during World War II under the rule of communism when being a Christian was illegal. Though it was illegal to practice Christianity, that did not stop Jacob and his family. We are so excited for Jacob to continue sharing his miraculous story with us. Jacob, welcome back to It Is Written Canada. I'm pleased to be with you again today. The next step was packing everything up and going to university. Now, I had been out of school for a number of years, and I was not used to the university era schedule there was reading my first uh, class. I had to read 40 pages, fine print every day. And then came that first exam. And I said, Lord, you've got to help me. I remember opening the textbook and reading the 40 pages. And I closed the book and I didn't remember a thing I had read. So I read the 40 pages again and opened, uh, closed the book. I couldn't tell you what I read. I said, Lord, if this continues, there's no way I will make that exam. So I studied very hard till deep in the night. And the next morning I got up at four o'clock and I studied and studied and studied. This was a history class. I mixed up some of the dates with events and I said, this is hopeless. I, but I prayed and I said, Lord, I have done my best. I'd, I couldn't do anything more. You've got to help me. So as I went to the class just before we knelt down and prayed, we said, Lord, it's all up to you. So I went to the class. I looked at the paper and I remember the teacher saying, we're going to have a word of prayer before you start. For those of you who have studied, we'll ask the Lord to help you remember what you studied. For those of you who didn't, there's no hope. Well, I knew I had studied. And uh, so the exam papers were passed out. As I looked at the first question, the answer came just like a flash. 
the second question likewise, and the third and so forth. And I was just amazed. And needless to say, at the end when I got my results back, I was at the top end of a class of 100 students. God had certainly performed a miracle and the start has been made and now I was ready to go on. Jacob, I just loved your book. We have a copy of it right here with us, Freedom's Journey. And when I started reading it, I had a real hard time putting it down. So can you tell us what prompted you to write this book? As a minister, I would share several parts of this experience in my sermons. And quite often people would say, you've got to write this in a book. One of the main motivating factors was my children and my family. There were many who were discouraged quite often and they felt, does God really care? Does he, will he always answer us? How will it fare for us in the end time and before Jesus comes and so forth? And so I felt that I needed to share this with our believers. And so I started writing the book. I wrote about three chapters. And then last year, in the wintertime, I decided this is it. I have to finish the book. So I finished it in uh, 2020. And this year in January, it came off the press. And I was delighted to do that. And since that time, uh, I want you to know that I do not feel that I am the hero of the book. As I was writing the book, the writing flowed, and I knew that God was leading. And so I take no credit for this book. And I feel that the experiences we went through were life-changing for me. And I hope that those who read the book will experience the same thing. The book is entitled Freedom's Journey. Why did you choose that title? Freedom is relative. I was born in a country where there was no freedom. In Canada, we have, have quite a bit of freedom. There are many countries that have limited freedom. But I believe that all of us are on a journey of freedom and uh, there are two aspects of this. We want freedom in this world, but true freedom actually is in God's kingdom. In uh, John 8:32, Jesus said, uh, he wants us to know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Jacob, you came to Canada, experienced freedom, and it was spiritual freedom, but it's also political freedom that you had experienced coming here. But it's very different from what the Canadian kids experienced. They yes. went through a war, but they didn't see war. You yes. saw war. What was that like? War was all around us. And every night when we went to bed, we would not be sure whether we would be struck uh, by bombs or whatever happened. And so uh, one time a big bomb fell just uh, some feet from where our house was. All the windows were knocked out and uh, the crater was about six feet deep. Had this hit where we were, I wouldn't be telling the story here. Uh, later when I came to Canada uh, and a plane would go overhead, 
I would kind of shrug back and uh, my friends, they laughed at me. They said, what's the matter with you? Have you never seen a plane? The fact was I saw more planes than they had and more dangerous planes. But uh, after a few years, my nerves healed and I did not respond quite that way anymore. So Jacob, can you tell us a little bit more about your early years living in a communist country? Yes, war was all around. We were refugees. And if you understand the life of a refugee, you never know. You don't have money. You never know where your next meal comes from. If you had money, most of the stores were not open. That time you couldn't buy. There were many times we, where we had to resort to a very humiliating experience of begging for food. And uh, us children, we were the best in doing that because uh, the people would not give to adults, but they could not refuse children. Even the Russian soldiers were kind many times uh, much kinder to children than they were to the adults. And so we went through that. I remember in this occasion, my aunt became desperately sick and uh, she was bedridden for a couple of weeks. We were so thankful that we did not have to move on on the journey because many times we would travel 30 kilometers a day. Our heels would be full of blisters and uh, we just, uh, I asked my mother at this time, I said, Mother, when is God ever going to give us a home again of our own? Uh, my father, my brother found a little wagon and he fixed it up. And as we were going along, every one of us had a little bundle to carry. And so I was able to place that bundle on the wagon and I had renewed uh, excitement and strength and carried on was way ahead of the rest. But uh, every day was a new experience. And uh, we were fearful. Yes, we trusted in God, but fear was everywhere. We could not trust anyone. We had to be careful of what we said because uh, people at that time quite often reported one another for benefits with the Russians. And uh, we did not want to go there but God was so wonderful in bringing us through this entire experience. Uh, my mother was, as I look back on that now as an adult, my mother was just uh, fantastic. Her strength never gave out. And she was a very small, frail woman. My dad was a big man like myself, but my mother was frail and small. But her faith in God, and she was a giant. And so I owe a lot to her, my mother at that time. She saw us through these hard times and there's so much more that could be said there, but uh, uh, war cannot be explained. It has to be experienced. It was after that that uh, we were getting close to Poland. And again, uh, I'd like to mention that we never knew when we would have to walk and travel on and when, when we could stay. That was never our choice. The Russian soldiers might come along and say, it's time to move on. You're in our road here. The battle is coming. You need to move. And as we would go, it was very interesting. We would take a shelter in the evening wherever we could find it. 
Many of the refugees were forced to leave their home, and in one case, they had to leave their home while they were eating, and the soup was still on the table and warm, and we were the next one that followed. We were hungry, and we, we ate the soup. So it's amazing how God watched over us. And as we traveled, rain or shine, uh, many times it rained like it did here uh, yesterday, and we were wet. We had our clothes on and a few other clothes to change in a little bundle that we carried. And so what would happen is, as soon as the sun came out, we would take off our wet clothes. We went in a ditch, took off the wet clothes, took the dry clothes out of the bundle, and the wet clothes we hung on a fence. And the refugees that came afterwards, they took our dry clothes that we had left there. Uh, life was interesting, it was the survival of the fittest, but God saw us through in a marvelous way. At this time, my father was not with us. We were separated from him, not because of our choice, but because of the communist uh, leaders. The first time he was gone from us for six months, and the second time he was gone from us for a year and three months. At this time, we did not know whether he was alive, where he was, or anything about him. And uh, it was especially hard for my mother since she took up the challenge of being the head of the household. Mm -hmm. Jacob, it must have been so terrible for your family to be separated from your father. Can you please share with us some experiences of your heavenly father taking care of your family while your earthly father was away? Yes, there were challenges, but uh, God came through us every day. And I must say that God's timing was precise. We were hungry, yes, but we were never we never did starve, and uh, we might not have had a choice of certain foods, but we always survived and God took care of us. And uh, my mother did a tremendous job in uh, caring for us. One of the greatest challenges was my sister and her welfare. The Russian soldiers did not have any concern about uh, life in general or concerns of uh, people. And uh, a lot of uh, the ladies, the girls in that uh, area were mistreated. And so my mother prayed and she said, Lord, save my only daughter, that nothing would happen to her. And so on the one occasion as she was uh, there uh, with these burdens, uh, one of the soldiers came along and uh, he wanted to know whether there were girls there. And in this home that we stayed at, there were several families. Quite often, if we had a bigger home, uh, there would be several families that would live there. Some would have one room, others two, and so forth. And so uh, many times as the soldiers came to molest the girls, the uh, older ladies would uh, sleep in front and have the young girls in the back. And uh, many of the girls resorted to uh, putting some ashes on their face to make them look a little older, and uh, that uh, saved in some cases. Uh, one time a soldier came while my mother was in charge there, and actually uh, there were a couple soldiers that came, and they insisted that uh, 
they would see the girls that are there. Now there were about five, five girls in that area. And what we found out later was that uh, a lady, uh, well in her years across the road, decided that she needed to have some favors from the Russians. So she told on us and said, in that house over there, there are at least six girls, young girls. And uh, so the soldiers came and of course, by this time, we had hidden my sister and the other girls up in the attic. And there was only a ladder going straight up to the attic and a trapdoor. And as long as uh, the soldiers didn't detect anything, nobody would know that the girls were there. And so they searched everything and found no girls. Uh, then they left and went back to this lady and said, you lied, you told us that there are girls there. There are no girls there. She said, you go back, they are there. And so they came back and they shot with their guns in the ceiling. And of course the girls screamed. And then they realized the girls were up there and they ordered all of the girls to come down, to drop down. They took the ladder away. And my sister was one that dropped down and there was a crate and she hit that crate with her back and she has, throughout her lifetime, she's had a problem with her back. But uh, as that happened, and of course, again, it was God's leading. My sister was very sick after that. And they took the other girls and dear knows whatever happened with them. But my sister was in pain and the Russians had no uh, sense for that. So they left her alone. But afterwards they came back and checked on her and one soldier in particular came and he, it was obvious what he had in mind. And my sister then, I think God gave her the words to speak. My sister said, you know, I have read about Mr. Stalin. Mr. Stalin loves children. And if he knew what was in your mind today, he would not approve of this and uh, you should be ashamed of yourself to do this. Well, he listened to that and he then turned his uh, mind around and he said, oh, he said, I will protect you. And so as he stayed there, my sister came up with a plan that I thought was really unique. She gave him a Bible study and he listened. And my sister was waxing eloquently in her Bible study and so as a result of this, the soldier made a complete turnaround. He said, look, I'm sorry, we will not hurt you. And I promise I will protect you. And after that, several soldiers came and he made sure that they did not molest my uh, sister. And uh, so it's marvelous how God led in this experience. Uh, shortly after this, we were in the area of Poland. We were getting close to the uh, East German border. And uh, we had a remarkable experience uh, that pertained to my sister in particular. For some reason or other, a, two, two large sores developed on her leg and her shin. And they became putrefying and they were deep right into the bone. Uh, we managed to find a doctor to check her out and he said we may have to amputate her leg because the uh, sores are so bad in order to save her life we may have to amputate. Well, we didn't want to hear that. And so uh, around that same time, 
We found ourselves, of course, in uh, German occupation at this time, so Hitler and his soldiers were in charge. And you might say that we should have had nothing to fear from, but war is bad no matter who's in charge, whether it's the Germans or the Russians. War is, is hell, as they say. And so the Germans had a rule that uh, they needed to uplift the Fuhrer, Adolf Hitler. And so in order to do that, they organized classes. All the youth were required to attend these classes. And my sister was of the age that she had to be one of them that would attend. In these classes, they would promote the leader, which was Hitler, and they put Hitler above God. In this time, we were always, uh, as it is customary, you would greet each other, good morning, but not so. You, your first greeting was Heil Hitler, and the second greeting was good morning. And so uh, in these classes, they, uh, there was a lot of propaganda there about Germany. Germany would win the war, would, uh, and they even had a song, today Germany, tomorrow the world. And so the uh, young people were psyched up that Germany would win the war. My sister, of course, couldn't attend, and the SS uh, officers came to check on why she wasn't there. Well, they looked at her leg. Oh, that's no excuse. You have to come, no matter what. Unless you have a certificate from the doctor, you are not excused. Well, we quickly talked to the doctor again, and he said, this is serious. I will give you the certificate. So because of the certificate from the doctor and my sister's sores on her leg, she did not attend one of those classes. Well, suddenly, almost without notice, the Russians regrouped themselves and chased the Germans out. And the war at that point was almost at an end. And uh, all of a sudden, then, as the Russians came in, they had been told about the Hitler Youth and how these Hitler youth were all for Hitler. And so they decided they would make short work of that. So they rounded up all the young people that were in the Hitler youth class and sent them to Siberia. My father heard about this, but he didn't know where we were. And he heard about all these young people being sent to Siberia. And he was afraid, he said, Lord, I hope my daughter, my only daughter is not amongst them. It was within days, literally, that the sores in my, on my uh, sister's uh, leg were healed, dried up, and today you can still see them. She's 94 years old today, but you can still see those marks on her foot. But everything healed up, and there was no more problem, and she still has both of her legs. God protected her life by giving her those sores on her legs yes. so that she didn't actually go to Siberia. Yes. And she didn't attend the Hitler youth classes. This is why I say God's timing is just fantastic. So another miracle God performed for you. Jacob, can you share with us another miraculous story of how God reunited your family with your father again? Yes, this happened in 1946. The war was over, and uh, it was uh, a real burden for my father to find out where are we. 
And of course, as I mentioned before, we had a plan that we would write to our headquarters office. And so my father decided to implement that at this point. And uh, my mother decided to do the same. But somehow nothing happened. The letters did not seem to get there and we didn't hear anything about what happened to my father. And uh, some of us, my brother said, well, maybe he's not alive anymore. How do we know where he is? But uh, anyway, uh, one day my father decided that he needs to go in earnest to look for his family. Now at this point, after the war, a year after the war, the Russians being in charge, they assigned everyone to a job. And my father was assigned to a certain job as well. And it was miraculous, it was God's leading where he was placed. He was placed by a factory owner that had a, a factory that, uh, that made uh, chocolates and uh, jams. But uh, during the war, it was a free-for-all, and so they had to be very secret and, uh, because the, some of the Russian soldiers would come and they would help themselves to some of these things. So when my dad was assigned to this place, uh, only to find out later on that this was also a Christian, a Seventh-day Adventist Christian, that uh, the factory owner. And so when he found out uh, who my dad was and everything, he said, I think you are like an angel. God sent you to me. And so he gave him the keys of the whole uh, operation there. And he did his work and everything went well for a while. But finally, one day my uh, father said to the factory owner, look, I'm not happy here. I need to find my family. The war is over. I need to know where they are. And so he had written to Berlin and my sister, my mother had written to Berlin without any results. But then my father, uh, my uh, sister decided one day, she came from uh, the field at work and she said, mother, today I'm gonna write to dad and dad is gonna write too. We're going to, both letters will arrive at the uh, church headquarters office in Berlin and dad will know where we are and we're going to find each other. Jacob, unfortunately, I'm going to have to stop you. We've come to the end of our program and we've run out of time. Mark, I wonder if you can please pray for oh, us. Sure, absolutely. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we want to thank you for the way you blessed Jacob's life, his entire family, leading them through a time of war, through a time when they were under persecution for their faith, and just showing them your freedom, the freedom that comes from trusting in you. Thank you for his life, for the way you have led him as a pastor and his brother as a pastor, his father, and just, just being a blessing to so many people through their lives. And we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Jacob, thank you so much for joining us again on It Is Written Canada to share your story with us. It's been an honor for me to be with you. Friends, our free offer today was written by Pastor Jacob Hibbert. It is his story entitled Freedom's Journey. This book details the full story of how Jacob and his family were determined to follow God no matter what. 
Their heart-stopping journey displays the signs of God's hand leading His children in such a faith-building story. Freedom's journey reveals how we serve a great God who is able to lead you too when you put your trust in Him. We want you to experience the truth that is found in the words of Jesus when He said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to watch a video of this podcast, please visit iiw.ca or you can go to our IIW Canada YouTube channel and click on the videos tab. Once again, thank you so much for listening.